Welcome, everyone, to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast. Uh, I'm Dr. Peter Bagshaw, GP and Somerset NHS Clinical Lead for Mental Health. And I'm delighted to be joined today by my friend and colleague, Dr. Kate Stavely. I'm the Associate Clinical Director for Women and Children at Somerset ICB. And today we're very pleased to be joined by Tracy McCullum, uh, who's going to talk about compassion in weight I think or something along those lines Tracy tell us exactly what you're going to talk about and a bit about yourself if you would. Hi nice to meet you all Um, I'm Tracy McCallum Um, background is in nursing so I was um, a general nurse for too many years that I'm going to relay here Um, and then went into children's nursing and into managing the health visitors and the school nurses so into public health always had a passion for health promotion and prevention. So this job came up at the ICB back in January to look at healthy weight across all ages. And I thought this would be an ideal opportunity to put those skills uh, to work. So um, what we've discovered whilst looking at healthy weight is that the traditional methods really aren't working um, by just telling someone to lose weight, by exercising, and um, to um, go on a diet isn't working. So what we need to do is look at a more compassionate way of dealing with it because weight, as we all know, is a very complex issue. Um, Everyone has an opinion around different diets and different things that work. And what we're trying to do is a consistent approach across, across health, whereas we all start from the same place with compassion and actually listening to the person and seeing where they are um, before we actually talk about their weight. So actually looking at where they are. Peter, I think you've got a question. Yeah, no, absolutely fascinating. I mean, as a GP, I've really struggled over the years with this problem that we know that obesity now is one of the, the main drivers of ill health, not just um, on our joints, but increased cancers and things like that. Um, heart failure and so on um, but also as you say our current approach just isn't working and and I really don't want to get into into fat shaming shaming and body shaming I want people to celebrate how they are so I'm, I'm fascinated to hear how you square this circle and what your new approach is and and how how it works okay so what we're talking about is the preventative side so we're not talking about um, severely obese patients or or young people who will have a medical model in place for them and they may need to have um, a calorie controlled diet or um, advice around that or even surgery we're talking about when people first come to you um, ask you know say to you can I lose weight I need to lose weight I'm worried about my weight what we want people then to do is not just give them a leaflet or go into our because I was a nurse and I've done it for years I would and I did cardiac rehab so I, I I remember you know you know you can't eat this cholesterol you can't eat that giving them a very prescriptive diet or a very um prescriptive way of living it's actually sitting down saying right okay so what is actually going on with you at the moment what's happening with your job what's happening with your life what can we do what how how you know a bit of so very similar to the health coach model, which is in our in all our surgeries now, but actually listening to the to the patient and, and thinking, 
how you can support them rather than giving them a very structured diet. It's around health gain. So possibly we could look at them lowering their blood pressure. That's often a um, another symptom with, with their weight loss or reversing their diabetes, which is obviously also connected. And a byproduct of that would be that they would lose weight in their changes that they're doing, but we're not actually focusing on the weight as the main um, as the main issue. So, Tracy, why is it that diets don't work? Okay, so there's lots of reasons. So there's lots of obviously different diets that, that obviously we know about. So restrictive diets um, have been proven not to work because anyone that's been on one knows that they actually crave the food that they're not supposed to eat and psychologically crave it. And the body then just doesn't accept it and you, you won't stick to that diet. So then you come off it and you yo-yo. So you'll go back on and you'll put on even more weight. And the intermittent fasting is a similar approach. People can get very ill with that. Um, and it can put you into like a starvation mode so that you don't really um, know what you're doing. And then you can't, um, you then again relapse. So I think the last figures that I looked at when in research was about 86% of people that actually go on to a diet either relapse or um, lose weight for a short period of time and then put that weight on and possibly more weight on afterwards and i think one of the things that we're very keen on is giving people back control over their own decisions of their own lives rather than doing unto them so um one of the the techniques i've heard is to to ask somebody so what do you want to achieve is that is that the sort of thing that you're describing tracy or am i getting the, the yeah. wrong end of the stick there no that that would be perfect and that's you know um the sort of goal-centered approach which is what a lot of people are using now really does work with weight um just very small um realistic goals for people is so much more important than you know a leaflet that's quite complex sometimes and some of the weight uh, some of the diets are very complex that people have to follow um just if they could just say right i'm not going to eat as you know i'm not maybe i'm not going to have a whole a whole packet of biscuits when I open them maybe I'll just have one or two it's just little goals like that that they can then build upon and it's like it's not we don't want to demonize foods either people should be enjoying their their food it's such a well it's beautiful I mean a, a lovely meal is one of our pleasures in life isn't it and we shouldn't have to feel guilty about I mean everyone says about Christmas and we shouldn't have to feel guilty about celebrating and having um, a good meal or enjoying a chocolate, it's the balance. So it's it's just about having a balance. It's about eating what you like in moderation, but also enjoying your food when you do eat. Because the other side of the coin is obviously, especially with these restrictive diets and other diets, they also lead to, to mental health issues around especially with young people around um, bulimia and anorexia. So we want to steer well clear of that. And the diet industry and the media is so responsible for that culture. So we need to try and turn that on its head and make people 
not focus on weight and not focus on, as you said, fat shaming. We need to look at everyone being accepted as they are. So as a GP, I've spent a lot of my working life um, telling people that they're overweight. We measure them, we measure their BMI, and we discuss with them the fact that they are overweight and their weight is probably negatively impacting on on their health and their lifestyle and things like that. What role do you think with this new model that, that GPs and other healthcare professionals have in that relationship with helping people recognise that they've got a problem? Obviously, I'm sure, Kate, you did it in a, in a very compassionate way when you, when you told people. But, and I think that's all they can do. I mean, people will come to you and they will know that anyway, won't they? Um, I just think it's worth, and, and sometimes it's just a refresher for people, isn't it? To think, okay, I could have, like Peter said earlier, I could have said it in a, in a different way. I, I couldn't, I maybe shouldn't have given them the leaflet straight away. I should have just sat there and said, okay, you've told me that. Where's that come from? Or why are you feeling like that? Or how do you think I can support you? Rather than, yeah, you need to do this, this and this. Because as we've said, that hasn't worked. I mean, people will say, oh, well, it does work. You know, you need to, you know, you need to be, you know, what is it? Tough love. <laughs> that works with a, a very minority of people and you still have to have built that relationship with that person to actually be able to to do that I think so I think working with adults in with the GP um, it would be working with your health coaches getting a good relationship with them making sure that they were using this model and I know they are because we've, we've gone through this with them and just making sure that your patients are aware of that um, service and that that's what they can use and be supported and just that all the staff are using that that same model I think that's where we can go forward yeah okay and if as part of these conversations that you're having with people they decide that they that they want to get control of their weight in a certain way. There's an awful lot of diets out there, isn't there? And an awful lot of social influences and things like that. Are there any suggested courses that you would say that that we ought to say, no, that, that's definitely not a good path to go down? You know, the Atkins diet, for instance, or some of those sort of diets. Or is any diet safe as long as you've discussed it with the person in front of you? I wouldn't suggest any of the really restrictive diets or the intermittent fasting, but I I think, I mean, there's the NHS 12-week plan, which is um, research proof and evidence-based, um, which is what the health coaches all use. Some of them will do sessions, so it's a bit... So the whole model of Slimming World and Weight Watchers um, can be quite... Um, can support some people i'm not saying that everyone it's very difficult isn't it because everyone is individual so for some, for some for one person weight watchers might work for them and the other one and for another it may they may feel that they were you know um they, they may feel humiliated or you know embarrassed about the whole group setting it's not for everyone 
So what um, the health coaches have tried to do is do like a group setting, but without any weighing, so they don't have the obligatory weighing. Um, it's it's optional. You can if you want to, or you can do it at home. What they look at is again sitting down and talking and seeing where they've been in the week, how they've been with their goals. They do a goal setting um, session, and that is is having some really good results going forward. Um, so I think it's just worth talking to the individual around where they are and, and what they feel would be best for them. Peter. I think you're advocating not a specific type of diet, but no. a different way of of viewing uh, the approach to losing weight. And yeah. you've outlined very clearly how we as advisors or professionals should approach it. How would you recommend that the person who wants to lose weight approaches it themselves? What what mindset should they have that will are more li likely to make it successful? think they have to stop blaming themselves i think that that's what happens when you put on weight you blame yourself you get into a cycle of i look terrible in this i can't do this I, I you know i think what they have to then look at is where they are what's happening in their life what they can control what influences they can control there's also what we call the trauma-informed um, influences. So they may have had a trauma, they may be grieving, they may, um, you know, there's so many other factors, as, as we're all aware, that contribute to that weight and just be kind to themselves. And I think if we're all a little bit kinder, I'm sure you've said this on your podcast many a time, but if we're all a little bit kinder to each other, um, that will help going forward. And it's those little steps, I think, just give them, give, them just small goals each week you know um if they're having a bottle of wine have a glass of wine or two a night rather than a you know a bottle you know it's just those little cut down things that i know do work with people because that's what they've said yes peter kate um sort of interject at this point and say there are some diets which have better evidence around them than others aren't there and i think yeah. most people would feel that very restrictive low calorie diets are, are probably bad the the from what i've read the mediterranean diet always seems to come out well in terms of health benefits i don't know what your experience is tracy and, and kate yeah i would always say the mediterranean diet because i don't actually see it as a diet because it's not generally calorie controlled it's generally looking at the way of eating isn't it the way of eating um and that there's a, a brilliant books around it and yeah i think it, it does work but on the downside of that, people often find that's quite expensive. So I wouldn't advocate any diet. I would just try and look at what they're sort of eating on a day-to-day -day basis and look at how they can make that a little bit healthier. But yeah, the Mediterranean diet as a principle is is just it's just a healthy eating diet, isn't it? Healthy eating plan. Yeah, Peter. You, you've made a, a really interesting point there, Tracy. Should we get away from the whole language around diets uh, as being something that we do for a while that loses us weight and then we go back to normal. I think that's a very um, valid point Peter because as a as a woman who's had children I've spent my entire life being on and off <laughs> diets and I think you'll find most people you speak to have found themselves in that situation and probably because you keep putting yourself on a diet when you're not on a diet you eat twice as much and less healthy food than you would be when you're on a diet um, so I think this compassionate approach and just saying let, let's everyone find ways of generally being healthier, mm. happier and kinder 
is a much yeah. healthier attitude to food. Yeah, I think that's what we want. We don't want to demonize foods and we don't want to, you know, shame ourselves into into thinking that really. It's quite food. interesting when you look at Slimming World diets and, and uh, those sort of diets, they, um, they allow you a special treat of something that tastes of chocolate. And the whole message that's coming across is you really are missing chocolate and you want chocolate and this mm. is a terrible diet and here is a way you can have chocolate. And if you just step back from that thought, <clears throat> most of us probably don't actually want chocolate, but because we've been told it's really bad for you and you can't have it, you crave it. Um, and so yeah. that's that's where the yo-yoing comes in, in my, in my belief. I don't know what you think, Tracy. Definitely, definitely. You will always crave something that you don't want. My little four-year-old granddaughter, I know you've got as well, Kate. I, you know, if mum says she can't have chocolate, that's exactly what she's going to ask me for the next half an hour. So, yeah. Hi, Peter. It, it feels like this compassionate approach that you're advocating is something that we could take to other walks of life apart from dieting and mm. just being a bit kinder to ourselves. Is, is that mm. right? Definitely, definitely. And, and since I've been talking to people about it, it, it has gone into other areas. And I will be talking to, to the extent we're looking, what we're looking to do this week is put out a survey to all staff asking them about their um, knowledge of the compassionate approach and if they feel that they use it when they're talking to um, patients um, around healthy weight. And then we'll have a bit of a uh, a bit of a platform for how we look at the awareness and the training that we trust trying to start in January. Yeah. Where did the concept of a compassionate approach to health come from? So Doncaster has been the trailblazer in this country. I'm not sure why, but um, in it came from Australia, Canada, Canada, ha uh, Australia have a system called health at every size and that is across all their public health messaging and across all their um, health messaging around weight. So they are promoting that they are, they are trying to make everyone healthy at every size and not to focus actually on the size. And from that, um, the compassionate approach sort of was born and Doncaster are trailblazing it in this country and are putting together some training as we speak, but have also put it across all their um, public health messaging. Plymouth have also adopted it in this country. Other areas are adopting it all the time, um, as well as Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and other areas have it as well. And, and how does the idea to compassionate approach to uh, weight interact with exercise? Because we keep telling everyone you must go out and exercise. And I think a lot of larger people will look out at skinny people jogging and think, well, I can't relate to that at all. So it, is there a way we can encourage people to understand that they can exercise? Yeah, I think SASP are doing quite a lot. So Somerset Activity and Sports Partnership are doing quite a lot of work around this. Um, looking at every size and ability being able to access whatever activity they are interested in not just you know swimming because everyone says when you're overweight go swimming don't they because they think that's not going to put any effort on your joints or whatever which is true and swimming is fabulous exercise but not everyone wants to do it 
So it's like being inclusive. And I think it's gyms and everywhere being inclusive. And actually, they need the training probably more than anyone. Because as you say, anyone that goes into a gym and sees people clad in lycra aren't going to really want to join in um, that session. So it's it's looking at the inclusivity of, of exercise and making sure that they're offering there was a campaign a while ago, wasn't there? She can to try and encourage girls back into sport, and and certainly I think women's rugby really took off from that one. And there's that's women's rugby seems to be quite an inclusive sport and and attracting a lot of different body shapes. Um, sorry, Peter, I interrupted you there. No, that's absolutely fine, Kate. Um, I was going to to just comment. I I read a, a research paper last week showing that. Uh, that exercise actually strength training in particular is extremely beneficial if you've got um, joint pains and it actually reduces the progression of osteoarthritis, which is kind of the counterintuitive, isn't it? So I think mo- the view of most people is that exercise is great for mental health. It's great for physical health. Uh, it's great for all sorts of things, but you can't outrun a bad diet. Is, is, is that your view, Tracy, or do you take a different view? <laughs> I think exercise is obviously brilliant for everything, as you say. What do you mean by count not run a bad diet? You mean that the diet is is more important than the exercise, or I, I think from what I've read, you've you've got to walk a heck of a lot of steps to make yeah. up for the 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 coffee and cake that you'll have at the end of your walk, haven't you? Yeah, it's always quite uh, demoralising, isn't it? When you, if you have an app or anything that tells you your calories, I think they should be banned as well. But um, it and it, they are quite inaccurate, so people shouldn't really focus on, on on that anyway. I think, as you said, exercise is is mentally so much better for you, and I think if you're better mentally, um, then you will be in a better mindset to look at how healthily you're eating and i suppose if you take a step back and you say what is it you're trying to achieve if we get away from the idea that we're trying to achieve weight loss uh, what we're trying to achieve is feeling better feeling healthier and as a result being less likely to become ill then it doesn't really matter quite so much that link with the exercise and the food does it yeah, no, exactly. I think if we can make people feel better about themselves and, and stop focusing on their weight and look at, you know, how they can get to a place where they will want to eat healthily, then that's where we need to be, Peter. So as the resident sceptical scientist on the podcast, <laughs> uh, you've, you've told us how and why uh, yo-yo dieting doesn't work. What's the evidence base around this compassionate approach being more successful tracy so the evidence base is 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 not in this country as yet but it's in um as i said australia canada places like that where they've done multiple surveys and studies around the health benefits rather than the weight you won't actually see much difference in people's weight but it goes on a steadier spiral down and people do actually lose weight after a period of time it does take longer because um, obviously you're embedding other behaviours beforehand. But what the the real evidence is showing is, like I've said before, the, the health gains such as lowering blood pressure, reversing diabetes, um, improved mental health. And once those are sort of stabilised and once people are in that 
mindset, then the weight tends to go down. So at the moment, we're just getting the first studies through showing the weight loss and it's looking as if it is going down, but it is steady. You're not going to get the the real huge losses that people want to see people everyone everyone wants to lose you know 10 pounds in two weeks don't they you're not going to see that but it will be a steady decline but what it's really proving is mental health benefits and other health gains so assuming that you've convinced all our listeners that this is the right approach and you've certainly convinced me that it's the right approach not just to diet but to everything really how do they actually uh, find out about this compassionate approach. Um, you've already said leaflets aren't the way to go. How how do they actually find out about this? Well, we will be doing training across all all um, services from January. So, and I think most people should be aware of it if, if you know they've been um, looking at uh, literature around this. So it would be. The health coaches, if they know a health coach in their area, I think a lot of people don't even feel that they can self-refer, but you can self-refer into into a health coach. Um, You don't have to go and see your GP. So if you go on the SAPS website, there's a list of all the health coaches. Um, If you go on your um, surgery website, it will tell you your personal um, coach. And sorry, can you unbundle SAF for us? Um, oh, needless to say, we'll put all this on our show notes at the end. Yes, yeah, Somerset Activity and Sports Partnership. Um, Thank yeah. you. Well, we're coming to the end. Kate, have you got any last questions or comments you want to make? Um, no, I mean, my my interest is from a children's perspective. And Tracy has very kindly started with children, really, on this journey of compassionate health. Um, can compassionate approach to wait um and it's really a plea to to stop fat shaming children but to help children to lead healthier lives rather than concentrating on their weight and it it, it's unfortunately it's not something you can measure is it it's easy to measure the weight of a child and their bmi and to say that they're outside the normal range and that that's a measurement Um, this is a much more subtle approach to general health and so much harder to measure. Mm. And so, uh, we haven't mentioned the the, the issue of um, of the of things going the other way and uh, eating disorders and so on. But that's a a real problem, isn't it, with children and young people? So I think mm. that's a very important message. Um, I'd like to think that we're sort of on the right gu- like guides guidelines with this because even Harry Styles. Uh, I went to his concert recently and, and in large letters, be kind was uh, was up there. So the message yeah. is getting through that uh, nice. we, we should stop trying to, to shame people and should encourage them in self instead. Tracy, any mm-hmm. last words you want to leave us with? No, just that, um, as Kate said, we did start with, with children um, and the early years, really. So. Um, some of your listeners may see things in their local communities coming on board called healthier live sessions that they can join um, in the family centres and things like that. So do just come along and um, they're universal. Um, so, but they will be giving you good advice on healthy eating and cooking and sort of 
fun cookery to do with your children and that's really what we want to promote through schools and and in the community so that we get these messages in early and then hopefully we won't have any issues going forward always leave on a positive <laughs> that's really great and you've given us some wise advice on uh, on healthy weight but also i think more general advice so to everyone out there i'd say be compassionate to others and be compassionate to yourselves as well Go well, everyone, and, and thank you very much, Tracy, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast. The show was hosted by our team of doctors, including Dr. Andrew Tresida, Dr. Peter Bagshaw, and Dr. Sarah Coop. The show was produced by Rob Holmes Music on behalf of the NHS Somerset Integrated Care Board.